Anime Trenders, welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. If you're looking for nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation and discussion, and we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by... Hello, I am Isabel, and... This is Agnes. So, without further ado, today's Girl Taku will be about our favorite first episodes, favorite anime premieres. So, something that has been observed by people who don't typically watch anime is that one thing that anime tends to lack in is a stellar first episode. And in fact, um, Shauna argues that that's probably one of the biggest reasons as to why it can be hard to get into anime from the start. It's less because of the animation, like many people assume, especially with how culture around animation has changed. And let's not forget, you know, plenty of adults still love to watch animated movies. So that has never actually been an issue itself. It's the fact that a lot of anime series start off with a very, very mediocre first episode. And even the ones that become very good often will become very good in, around the middle of the series or at least after three or four episodes is when it starts to really pick up. And their first three or four tends to just be, eh, okay. An easy example that honestly comes to mind is I think Kaguya-sama. Kaguya-sama had quite a bit of a, a lower sort of start than what it ended up becoming, which is extraordinarily good. Um, so in this week in particular, we want to focus on the anime whose first episodes actually blew us away because it's not a common thing that we see from the get-go. So with that being said, Isabel, you are starting us off this week. And I know you've mentioned this before, like, you know, Noragami is one of your all-time favorite anime, but its beginning was also kind of mediocre. So I'm really curious to hear, you know, what are two anime series in which the premieres just hit it right on the spot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like you said, there are definitely a lot of anime that start off slower or you have to go a couple of episodes in and then it gets really good. Um, so whenever I do sh see an anime that starts with a really good first episode, it just really hooks me in. I think that's uh, I think that's really great. And I always hope that, you know, the f next few episodes will be able to you know live up, live up to that hype. And uh, the first one I wanted the first one I wanted to go over um, was is actually Akudama Drive. I think mm. that show had a really good first episode and not only that it's it was an original anime so no prior materials like a manga or light novel to go off of so i think if you're watching the show this is kind of like your first exposure to the series and i thought that the introduction to all the characters which they don't really have names either the main character they just call her ordinary person um and she's the one who kind of gets thrown. She's like living her normal life um, in this uh, place called Kansai, which is based off, which is basically in Japan, but kind of like in a futuristic, like cyber, cyberpunk setting. And and then she meets all these uh, characters that are called Akudama. And then in that in Akudama Drive, uh, they're kind of like criminals. Um, and the fact that this episode was able to introduce all like almost eight characters I would say if you include the cat um <laughs> was was mind-blowing for me just because I thought at first I thought it would just be her and the first person she meets which is the courier with his bike and stuff like that 
And even mm-hmm. the beginning of that part, like when you just um, when you first opened the episode, I thought like the the sceneries were really were really pretty. Um, even though it's in that kind of like lo-fi setting, um, because it's kind of that that sci-fi setting. Um, I thought like the like it seemed like Kansai seemed like a place that I wanted to kind of like check out or hang out with um, our main character, the ordinary person. Um, but yeah, later on, they introduced like the other characters with a hacker, brawler, like their names obviously fit exactly what they do. And they're all fighting against each other to try to, um, I believe, uh, kind of uh, get the bounty on one of the other characters, which is Cutthroat. Um, but they end up they end up getting roped into doing something else um, at the end. But I thought that episode was a really great one just because of all the action that was happening. And not only that, being able to stay with the characters and actually like distinguish them for who they are because I feel like if you introduce that many characters I would be confused by the first episode and it might deter me from watching it but the fact that each character design was different and depending on what they did I didn't feel bad about you know calling this guy oh he's just a hacker or the girl she's just the doctor lady Um, I thought that made a difference for me I think both of you also watched Akudama Drive what were your thoughts on it? I did. I was actually about to put it on one of my lists. Um, But I think I decided against it because to me, even though it has a really good start, it also has really great animation, really great color palette of choice and really stands out. It does feel like a very generic first episode because all it just does is it introduces all the characters and the plot. And I was kind of also a little bit hesitant with Akudama Drive because even though we, I was hearing a lot of really great praises for like halfway through the season. I wasn't really sure how an original series was going to end up being adopted. So I was like, you know, as much as the first premiere episode was really good, I was a bit hesitant on how the rest of the story would unfold. But I do agree that in terms of like visuals, all the fights, and then the, the blatant introduction of all the characters was a really good move for them to do in the first episode. I did not watch Akudama Drive, and um, I know a lot about it because it won our Anime of the Year award, but what I will share is, remember Shauna, who I mentioned earlier in the episode, I told her, she's always curious about who wins uh, Anime of the Year, and so I told her which one it was, and it was Akudama Drive that year, and she went in and she checked the first episode and literally immediately messaged me on our chat and was just like, perfect it was a perfect first episode i have no complaints deserves anime of the year and i'm like and i'm like shana you haven't even watched the whole series yet and you're already deciding (laughs) and she's like that was just such an excellent premiere episode i just have nothing to say and i i so i really like to talk to shana about like sort of just analyzing these uh you know shows and stories and stuff and we don't just talk about anime we talk about movies and like tv shows as in like uh live action dramas and stuff like that as well and basically she says for her the winning the selling point was how easily immersed you get into the world and she does Mm. feel like that is very hard to really nail down in a single episode but she said in that one episode despite not really hand like hand um spooning her everything about that world she kind of knows what's going on already and she kind of has a feeling about the vibe the atmosphere and sort of where this show plans to go and stuff and she's like that alone just gives super high marks for her in her playbook and so 
Um, so I'm, I was really, uh, I, I, I kind of perked up, you know, Isabel, when you said that Akadama Drive is your, you know, one of the best uh, first episodes you've seen, because I'm like, hey, that matches with someone else who's, who's actually very particular about first episodes. <laughs> so, um, so that's sort of my uh, contribution to this particular anime. Uh, and I do want to know, it is very impressive that for you, Isabel, it doesn't feel like too much to introduce so many characters in the first episode, because that's actually something that people actively talk about in writing, is even if you have a large cast of characters in your stories, regardless if it's a novel, if it's a drama TV series, if it's a limited series, um, you know, anime, a movie, or I mean, the movie doesn't really count in this case, but anything that's more of like a long running story, like don't introduce too many characters at once because it will get confusing very, very quickly since we're learning a bunch of new things at the same time. And so that's something that, you know, as a writing tip, people are always telling you to kind of look out for. But uh, hearing and knowing that for you, Isabel, like Akadama Drive's like larger cast being introduced at once doesn't cause any confusion is also a feat on its own. Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. And yeah, like you said, uh, kind of it brings you in like visually. I think that's the biggest factor. And like Agnes said, the animation as well. I think that helps um, kind of keep the interest while you're watching the episode. Um, and from that first episode, I feel like it doesn't change throughout the rest of the series. Like what you get in the first episode is pretty much what you're going to get in the rest of the series. Or you kind of know where it might be going. And this is kind of like the theme of Akudama Drive in general. Um but yeah, that's all I wanted to share. Did anyone want to add anything? Otherwise, I'll go on to my second. I think that's it. Yeah, go ahead. What's your second one that's really uh, that really hit it out of the park for our first episode? <laughs> yeah, the second one for me uh, would be the first episode of Erased. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would do. I would literally do anything to uh, rewatch Erased without knowing anything like rewatching it completely new and not knowing exactly uh, what happened because I don't know like when I was watching it I was I was really blown away by that first episode like based on the main character's kind of narration of the story and then not only that like his um, I don't know if you would call it ability the revival thing that he goes mm -hmm. through where he he time travels back like one to five minutes before somebody dies or something really bad happens mm -hmm. and so he always makes that effort to i think in the first one he tried he saves a kid from basically being um, run over by a truck and he's always searching for that so i thought you know at first when i um when i saw that i thought it was just going to be like another regular type of series uh, but i just think like his narration and then the way that the story was introduced and you slowly realize that when you know he actually, he, he admits that sometimes when he's going through a revival while he's saving the other person, um, he's the one who gets hurt, right? Right. <laughs> so at one point, he ends up in the hospital too. And that's when his mother comes to take care of him. And I think um, his mother, knowing more than he did when he was younger, um, he's like 29 at the start of the series. And then when he goes back to his uh, little kid, I think he's like in elementary school. And so... The fact that his mother knew a lot more than, you know, he did when he was a kid and kind of like her admitting that, I thought that was a good starting story. I also didn't expect her to obviously get stabbed and die in the first episode. So that was like kind of like a shock to me. Mm -hmm, and I yeah. thought that was also a great, a great way to end an episode 
starting with the mystery because um because that's exactly what hooked me in and then i think every episode after that kind of ended on a hook and i i pretty much was dying to see the next episode um for erased i i i wouldn't recommend it to everyone now just because i know how it ends but like during that time i was pretty much recommending it to anyone i could talk to and like all my friends <laughs> at the time just because we liked this so much and i and i think we also like talked about it like i can't like waiting for the next episode and knowing um, what the main character is going to do next but yeah uh, gracie i know i know you watched it like what were your thoughts on it you poached one of mine <laughs> wow <laughs> first time in a long in a long while that yep, we poached something yep, from you gracie. poached one of mine that was actually one of my first picks and um so it's gone now but um so that obviously means that I really agree with you I genuinely remember that moment when I fought, watched the first episode because I had like a gap in time between my classes in college and it was not long enough for me to go back to my apartment because my apartment was around like a 20 minute walk per se and so uh, to and back, and I, I refused to like do transportation because I was lazy in a different way. Don't don't question my logic. So, um, but basically, my round trip is a forty minute walk, and so and it was just like not long enough where it was worth going back, sitting down for maybe like ten minutes, and then coming back again. So I spent that time, you know, watching anime in my school's, um, you know, study area where it's like an open space. And um, and I was there when I watched the first episode of Erased. And I distinctly remember the second it ended, I was just like, no. And I like went online and I looked up all kinds of like places to be like is anyone talking about this anime because oh my god I really need to just hear what other people are thinking and this was actually a time before I even joined anime trending and this was one of the anime that brought me to anime trending's attention <laughs> wow I did not know this yes That's new. I saw a post on anime trending talking about erased and it only came like a like literally a few minutes after I had watched it and so and I was like oh like you know someone else is talking about it and then I was like I agree with this person you know I'm totally in line with them and then it said anime trending and so I clicked it and I was like oh this is a pretty big organization and that was kind of my leeway into an introduction to where I am at now <laughs> so um Erase first episode has a pretty particular a uh, story in regards to me but yeah it was just so well done from the mystery um the way it ended was honestly perfect because it ends right when he travels back in time and he's just like what the heck is going on because he's never traveled back that much before whenever he has traveled back prior it's like only by a few minutes and at most by like an hour or something like that but this time it was like all the way back years and so he's confused and has no idea what's going on and that was just such a perfect way to end it from start to finish it gripped me so um so i completely understand why you picked it in fact like i said this was originally on my list as well so it was just an insanely well done first episode uh, agnes you know uh what do you think about it do you because uh, i didn't watch a race so i have no context <laughs> oh no other than what the the final villain is 
Oh, that's right. I was like, I remember you talking to us about like Erase before. <laughs> so, um, no, I only know it because a lot of people at the time I wasn't watching Erase because I was pretty busy with school. Um, um, but I was already reading a lot of there was already internet spoilers, essentially. And a lot of people were we talked about in a previous episode, too, where they're really disappointed that the voice that they gave for the antagonist, the true antagonist of the series in the beginning episodes was what actually gave away the ending. Right, yes. Because, um, yeah, so that's why I was kind of like, okay, yeah, maybe I don't want to watch this. So, But I'm glad that it had a really good impression on the both of you, and especially for Gracie, who apparently that was what brought you to Anime Trendy. <laughs> so that was a great yeah, boon, I guess. Yeah, that's what put Anime itself. Trendy on my path. And then I didn't formally join Anime Trendy until, like, I'm pretty sure a year later after that, but that was what made me f- discover it. And then made me pay attention to it. And then when my statistics projects came rolling around, that's when it that's when I was really like looking at the pages. And then um, and then it was like a few months later, you know, Quack, our overlord, put out a put out a PSA saying, hey, we're currently hiring writers. And I was just like, oh, should I apply? I like writing about anime. And here I am. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's, like, my story with the first episode of Race. I, I, I almost want to say, Isabel, that none of the other episodes actually compare to the first one. <laughs> wow, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty high of their ratings, then. That's true, yeah. Um, I think I did like, I, I think I still did like the episode, but obviously episode one was definitely, um, the best, but I do think the following episodes, at least, I also thought that they were uh, pretty good as well, based on how they ended. And I also like the little theme of kind of like the film strips that uh, they they did. I don't know if it's in the manga, but like kind of like that. Film strips is in the manga. Yeah, I oh, saw screenshots of the manga. Oh, yeah. okay. But yeah, I just really like that. Like just like the sound and stuff like that. Just because just kind of having like a snapshot of him and then... Not only that, just like the sound of whenever he goes into a revival was kind of like scary to me, but also Mm. worked really well for what it was. So that always stands out to me. Yeah, so alrighty then. So it sounds like those are thankfully I have backups, so I'm not as worried. Okay, but I'm glad you have backups. <laughs> yes, I have backups. Um, one of them suspiciously a little similar <laughs> to Erased, but oh. we'll we'll talk about that when it gets to me. Because Agnes, it is actually your turn to talk about your favorite anime premieres first episodes that have just hit it out of the park for you. So take it away. For sure. So the first one that I wanted to talk about is a show that I've mentioned on this podcast before. Um, it is one of Studio Mappa's earlier works. It is Shingeki no Bahamut Genesis. Um, the one thing that I really liked about this episode was it. it's not... So a lot of people think that the first episode of Shingeki no Bahamut Genesis or The Rage of Bahamut is that everybody loves Amira's fight scene at the very end of the episode. But I actually prefer the fight scene that happens at the beginning of the episode, which is the fight scene between Favaro and Kaiser, who are the two male leads of the show they are considered like childhood friends but turned enemies because of a um of a scandal that essentially stripped away kaiser's um family's lineage as former knights and kind of also degraded a lot of favoro's own family heritage as well and so now they're bounty hunters but they're always at odds with each other because kaiser blames favoro for the decline of his family so the opening scene starts with them riding on horses into this town in the middle of nowhere in the countryside and Favre, uh, kaiser is desperately trying to apprehend Ka- uh, 
Kaiser's trying to apprehend Favaro. And there's this really interesting scene where they're riding on the horses and then all of a sudden they turn a corner and Kaiser realizes that the horse that he was trying to follow, Favaro, is actually empty. There's no rider on the saddle. And it turns out at one point when they turned the corner, Favaro leapt up and sat on a water wheel. And it gives like a lot of El Dorado vibes, especially if you watch the movie, the uh, Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And it's an incredibly dynamic kind of setting that is very different from a typical fantasy setting that's set in a generic town or like an isekai setting that's set in a very generic European town. It has a distinct flavor, like a water wheel is something that's very hyper-specific for this opening episode. And it actually has a great deal of importance too, because once Kaiser realizes that he's been tricked, he turns right back around, he cuts the chains that was binding the water wheel to the edge of some kind of platform, and this wheel begins to start tumbling down this hill. And Kaiser, out of his, somehow in his muscle brain of his, he decides to clamber on top of the water wheel and basically fight against Favaro as the wheel continues to tumble down the hill. So it's this kind of extravaganza of a fight scene that is so absurd, but just so extraordinarily colorful to watch. As they're like tossing jokes at each other, Favaro is saying stuff like, um, he's saying stuff like, oh, why are you after me? Like, you must love me this much if you're coming after me. Uh, aren't you? And Kaiser's like, kiss my ass, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so you already feel that there is an unspoken tension between the two male leads. They definitely care about each other to some degree because they used to be childhood friends, but at some point they're now friends to enemies now. So it's really interesting to see how that dynamic is set up just within a few moments of the fight scene, like probably within like the first like two or three minutes. Um, and that already sets the tone for the rest of their dynamics for the rest of Shigeki no Bahamut. You mentioned also something about like how the world immediately, like the El Dorado thing, like that definitely makes it really easy to picture. Would you say that it's sort of similar to all to, you know, what we've been observing of what has worked for these first episodes is that they don't really give the plot away, but they give you a little hint of it. But they really introduce you to the world. It makes you get like in rap not in rapture, but like it makes you immediately feel like you're in the world. Yes. And I think it's a combination of very close, careful detail to everything. So one thing I really noticed about Shikiki no Bahamut in that fight scene between them is like the water wheel, obviously, but all the tile sets that they use, so like Favaro and Kaiser at one point during their duel, they're also fighting on top of rooftops. They're skidding across tiles, and you notice that they're kind of like terracotta tiles, oh. um, which are very different mm-hmm. from what you would see like in a typical Euro- like Northern European type of rooftop style. Mm-hmm. And you feel like it's a very rustic, very su- like Southern European, so it could be like Spanish influence, or it could be like a Southern French influence, so you really feel... Like, there is a culture that exists there, and you feel so much more in tune into the world. And the same thing goes for Akudama Drive, too. You know, it's the whole cyberpunk vibe of, like, neon lights, really dark and gritty, but there's also, like, these vibrant emotes of, like, green, yellow, pink. Um, And then all the characters also have really good um, character designs. They really stand out against the darkness of the whole setting in Akudama Drive as well. So that in itself makes it more immersive as compared to, let's say, like an isekai where isekais are only known because they have a quote-unquote interesting plot. Not really, but different, I guess. But all of their settings are still very banal. There's some generic European countryside that's not Japan. (laughs) 
Um, and that, I think, detracts a lot of the first impressions from isekais as compared to something of a high fantasy like Shigeki no Bahamut. And then also for a high dystopian sci-fi type of world like um, uh, Akudama Drive. I also wanted to ask you, because, you know, you said with the characters, you could instantly feel that there is tension between the two. Did you, did the first episode already tell you that they were ex-childhood friends? or that? Was- no, they, they actually, the episode didn't actually tell you they were ex-childhood friends. You just knew that they had tension. Okay, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to hear as well, because I was like, because I was like, isn't that the allure as well, is the fact that. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't reveal the childhood bit until like halfway through the series where it explains why Kaiser was following Favaro the whole time mm-hmm. but in the first episode when kaiser is just yelling at favoro kaiser has a demeanor of someone who feels like very pompous he has a pompadour he's very regal kind of feeling you feel like it is some sort of knight who's trying to run after a vagrant or a vagabond and trying to apprehend him that was the kind of vibe that was setting up in the first episode until you reach to a point in the plot where you realize that they're kind of in the same boat, except they grew up as, like, childhood friends. Got it, got it. And one last question is, because we know that this is one of the anime you mentioned in, like, game adaptations, because it knocked it out of the park in a way that no one Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> did you play the game? I forgot, is why. <laughs> I did not play the game. Okay. I only knew about it afterwards. I played very little... Uh, Okay, I'll, I'll 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 iterate it here. Card playing games is not my favorite thing. Okay, <laughs> I've tried mm. other, you, and you know this, Gracie, because I told this to you before. Right. I don't like strategy games, and I don't like card tabletop games. <laughs> Those are my two weaknesses. Um, so I did try to play some stuff like Shadowverse on the computer before on PC Steam, but they are still not my favorite thing in the world. So I never knew about the Rage of Bahamut until I watched this anime that I did a bit more research about it. I'm like, oh, it's a game adaptation. That's interesting. But it's only very loosely based off of the game itself. It's just borrowing a lot of the characters and units from the game to spin its own story. Got it. Because I was originally going to ask you, like, how did it feel to get, like, swept away by the first episode for a game if you did play it, but you didn't play it, so that makes it a no, little there's still yeah. there's still a pretty, I think, vast uh depth to cover between uh, a video adaptation in anime as compared to a movie adaptation of a video game which has already done a lot of leaps and bounds as of lately but for video game adaptations uh, via anime they they still have a long ways to go got it Alrighty then so uh that is your first uh episode of or first one that you wanted to mention what is a second premiere that you absolutely loved so the second premiere that I absolutely really love that's not exactly anime, but we still call it anime anyway because you have Gen Urobochi who writes the script. You have a lot of people from Nitro Plus behind this show. I have a feeling I know what this Thunderbolt Fantasy. <laughs> 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 Every time I have to press this, I'm like, it's not anime, but it's still great. It's done by people who love anime and do anime every day, single day of their job. Um, Thunderbolt Fantasy... Every time I try to get somebody to Thunderbolt Fantasy, I always show them the first fight scene of the first episode because they are completely blown away by the fact that it is not animation. It is completely live dolls, and they do all this post-production at the end to add the slashes, the magical attacks, and this lighting that is absolutely crazy that you wouldn't expect from a real-life puppet show, you know? So it's just really awestruck 
you were really all struck by how much post-production that they do and the high quality of voice acting as well in the first episode. Like there are a lot of A-list character uh, A-list seiyus that are in all the Thunderbolt fantasy and you also get to know a lot of the characters or at least the three main characters in the first episode of Thunderbolt Fantasy as well. And you don't really need that much context. And I actually roped in two other people to watch it with me because of that first episode. So I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one who got really roped into this series. And you can talk to like Nico or you can talk to James. They also watch Thunderbolt Fantasy and they really like it as well. Um, the premise of Thunderbolt Fantasy starts out with two siblings. They, I'm going to butcher a lot of Chinese names in here, I'm sorry. The weird thing about Thunderbolt Fantasy is that they give it Chinese names in the subs, but they also have Japanese translation versions of them. So when they actually speak, the names don't match up with what says in the subs. So I'm going to go by the Chinese names in the subs, but my accent's going to be completely horrible. I'm so sorry, Gracie and Isabel. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're fine. So the, oh, so, okay. so the first two characters that are mentioned are a pair of siblings. They basically um, are guardians of like this magical sword. But the magical sword is split into two parts. There's the actual blade and then there's the scabbard. Both of them make the relic as a whole. Um, unfortunately, as they are trying to flee from an unknown pursuer in the first episode, they are forced to be split up and the older brother, uh, has to sacrifice himself to protect his younger sister and to make sure that the other half of the relic is safe. And it's this flurry of just massive animation that kind of blows your mind as you're watching it. There's like dust flying all around. There's all these attacks that are going in and out. There are puppets being injured. There's blood being drawn. You're just kind of blown away by how much production there is. Wait, and how do you do the blood? The puppets can they, bleed. <laughs> yeah, they have like they have like a, they they show like the dribble of blood coming down like their lips and stuff like that. It's kind of insane. Like, don't look at me. You can look at all the post production stuff or you can watch some of the the youtube clips of that first episode it's kind of insane how i don't doing. think you can blame me for like pausing here and trying to imagine it. I'll, I'll send you a link of what it looks like later gracie because it's kind of it's kind of crazy um and at one point the sister danfe who's trying to escape she ends up falling off a cliff and then she uh gets swept away by the river with the relic and the the pursuers are unable to grab her, but at least they are able to obtain the other half of the relic. A little bit later into the episode, Danfei is rescued by two guys who happen to meet at a Buddhist temple, at like a, a Buddhist temple that's very run down. You have Shang Buhan, who is the kind of like the rogue Gintama type that has the wooden sword, but he's also like very stoic, very standoffish, very lone wolf kind of thing, does his own thing. And then he gets pestered by this uh, this very enig enigmatic fellow named Lin Suya, who kind of like blows smoke and kind of eggs him on with like random shit. And they just happen to be two strangers that meet up against uh, each other, and they manage to save Danfei and fight off all the pursuers who came afterwards. And that starts off the whole premise of Thunderbolt Fantasy of how they are able to help Danfei in her journey and also reclaim the other half of the relic and seal away the assailants that were coming after her. When I say about the story plot, it's very generic. It doesn't sound very impressive. But when you're watching the... Um, the first episode itself, you're just kind of, you're uh, like we said earlier, you're just blown away by how immersive the world is, 
how much care they put into a lot of the effects, the background, the setup, and you just kind of get swept away by the rest of the show after that. Wow, do they like, did you, I don't know if you went into maybe like interviews of like how long it took them to do this or how long they'd create, like spent time like decorating the dolls and things like that. Did you ever look into that? They, we actually did an interview with them. Um, We have an interview on anime trending with the the Taiwanese production company that did all of this, Mm -hmm. all the dolls and stuff like that. And it has all the information about how much time they put into putting on the accessories, how much time it takes to, to film and also do post-production. And if you're even curious about how they do it live time, they actually have their own YouTube channel where it's not translated. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's mostly in Chinese, but you'll see how the actors are like squatting down underneath the platform, which is supposed to be like the background. And they're just moving the puppets as manually as they can and you're just seeing all these cameras like move around them. It's actually incredible watching it because when you look at like stop animation, for instance, like uh, Wallace and Gromit that you think about in America, it's very time consuming. <laughs> it's very time consuming to move every single little piece and take a screenshot, not a screenshot, but like take a shot or film it with your camera at the same time too. So a lot of my respect goes out to the team behind Thunderbolt Fantasy and also to the writing team, the soundtrack and the seiyus that help bring the series to life how many people did you drag in i dragged in i just need to know your i i dragged in two but nico and james were not those two i actually discovered that they were watching it at the same time as me so i very i remember very distinctly in college i was actually like keeping up with the series and i think it would be posted in the evening when I came back from school. So I would literally sit myself on the cu- on the counter where I was eating dinner and I would literally watch it. And then by the time I finished the episode, I would immediately text James and Nico being like, did you see today's episode? <laughs> so it was really good, yeah. And my other question is, you know, what made you pick it up in the first place? Like, I- I'm sorry, it's just like puppetry and like kind of dynasty china looking thing like I, I like it's just so weird it's something that i would be like oh that's weird and I, that's like the extent it's of because it. like, nico would stop talking about it and it was having really high ratings on crunchyroll and i was like what kind of puppet oh, shows on crunchyroll that gets five stars and now has three seasons and like two movies five stars <laughs> I was like blown away. I was like, this can't be true. Why is a puppet show getting five stars on Crunchyroll and three seasons and two movies? By the way, I was watching um, Thunderbolt Fantasy since like season one. But now retroactively, when you're looking back at it, it has three seasons and two movies. So they're doing something right. (laughs) You don't really know what the appeal is until you watch that first episode. I just think it's funny because I'm like, ah, this is Agnes's curiosity killed the cat moment. Yes, instead, this is my curiosity of, kills the cat moment. And thankfully, except, I lived because of the of, cat getting killed. The cat ended up in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what I was saying is that it literally is like it, it ended up being such a great experience for me and I'll never forget it. And it is still to this day, the first scene of the first episode is something that I still show to people as much as I can and be like, hey, if you like weird shows like me, but it's not like edgy or it's not like, you know, dubious con, sh- you should watch this series. It's not really anime, but you know, I think you'll like it. <laughs> that's how I get them. <laughs> it- it is, but it isn't. <laughs> it is, but it isn't. Yeah, it's by the same team that does anime, but it's puppets. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then when you, when when they be like puppets, like why would you do puppets? You know, you already know that you've already gotten their interest in it already. Right, right. Because it's so yeah. unique, it's so strange, and like nobody thinks twice about puppets. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, um, that was definitely an interesting entry for us to have, but I'm glad we have it in here. So I think people are going to really enjoy listening <laughs> to us talk about that, to be completely honest with you. Um, okay, so now it is on my turn. So I'm going to start off with the one that did not get poached. And then um, I actually I, I actually had several backups, so I was kind of like trying to pick and choose between them. But uh, I'll see how I feel once I finish this first one. So uh, my first anime's first episode that just really, I thought, just did a splendid job is To Your Eternity's first episode. Have mm. any of you two watched To Your Eternity? Because I know you read your, or you've read some of it, Agnes, but I don't know if you watched it. I only read some of it, but I definitely cried at the first chapter. <laughs> okay. Oh. And what about you, Isabel? I, I did watch it. I, or I only watched the first season. I did not get to the second season. Mm-hmm. But I did watch the okay. first episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, so To Your Eternity is kind of interesting where I felt like none of the episodes aside from the last episode really lived up to how good the first episode was. But the first episode was genuinely excellent. I think what I was most impressed by is how they make you care so much for the character in just a single episode. And, you know, this is spoilers alert for people who are listening, but to your eternity, there's a lot of deaths and, uh, specifically the first character we meet this boy who never even gets named, which is a very big deal because like literally he is known as the nameless boy. And that's a big deal for the simple reason that names are one of the easiest ways that humans, log a relationship in their head because once there is a name there is an identity associated with that name and you know I've talked about this before but this is why when people share the same names they tend to feel instantly connected because they're almost like oh our identity is kind of like shared with each other and so even though they know it's not and they're completely unrelated but just knowing that you have the same names means something and so Um, The fact that they had a nameless boy who we just never learn his name and we see his story from beginning to end in a single episode and it like broke my heart like genuinely like I this is when I started doing the exercise bike now and I genuinely just stopped exercising because I was just sobbing out of my desk Um, because I was just so sad and so um I was just so very sad and and but it's like on in retrospect thinking back on it I'm like that is really impressive that they're able to do something like that in just 20 minutes uh Maddie also really loved the first episode he thinks that it's the soundtrack had a huge help for it because he says he legit can't listen to that soundtrack without even tearing up and I absolutely do agree with it but I think they just did such a good job of portraying that character's loneliness and uh, lonely and and that is something that is probably also why it hit me harder because loneliness is genuinely something I fear like I don't think I could emotionally or mentally survive the way the way that he has been forced to live like just watching members of his family die of old age, not knowing when his parents were ever going to come back. And years and years and years later, um, 
finally decide that he was just going to try and leave and figure out where they went himself and then learn that they all died in this terrible accident and he's just utterly alone and he has no way out of his isolation like that breaks me and scares me in a way that I can't even fathom like I'm like tearing up just thinking about it right now and and I just thought like but it was just so heartbreaking as well because like you can tell he is reaching a breaking point just because he is treating his dog the way that he talks to his dog who he doesn't know that the wolf dog is no longer his original wolf dog. His original wolf dog actually died, which allowed Fushi to take its form. Um, but just the way he talks to the wolf dog, you can tell that he has been using every inch of his energy and his self-control to keep himself sane by pretending this dog can talk to him by pretending this and you know dogs do communicate without doubt but it's so different from human interactions and he's basically trying to treat this pet as a human because that was the only way he was staying sane in this situation and when he realized that there really was no hope and he's still trying so hard to smile and like hold on but knowing deep down that there was no way out was just it just like broke me in like the most like a hard, hard like heart harshest way and um and I just thought the music and the way they introduced the characters and they told his whole story from beginning to end in just a single episode and he was gone and he was gone after that but that being the most like impactful episode still for the f entire first season I think it's just insane and it was just yeah to me it was just incredible and I do remember that the first episode actually trended pretty hard on Twitter because people were absolutely utterly shocked and um and invested in regards to what had happened in the first episode like I remember Connie put being like after watching the first episode he was just like oh this is why I you know am watching anime and stuff like that but uh, but unfortunately the rest of the season didn't quite compare to that first episode but my god was that first episode good so um so yeah that's my thing about to your eternity it doesn't sound like it hit you the same though isabel <laughs> yeah i don't know why um i do think the first story that first episode is definitely the shortest story and also probably the most emotional within that episode and yeah, I really, I really can't identify why. Like, I definitely felt sad about it, um, but I don't think it was to the point that I was actually tearing up. I think I just felt sad. I think maybe I was like a little confused because I didn't know where the story was going. So mm, I was trying, yeah. to, trying to figure that out at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was given context while reading the manga because it had like a couple chapters out and a premise already like spilled out to me. So I knew that essentially the boy or basically like the organism that was inhabiting the boy's body is basically like body hopping um, throughout the rest of the ages into like season one and into season two. But yeah, the beginning premise begins a little bit strange. And I feel like for you, Isabel, you typically prefer episodes that are a lot more straightforward. I think, yeah, that's and probably something it. that's a little bit more like realistic rather than something that's kind of like a weird blend of like fantasy and supernatural that you can't quite understand why it happens the way that it does yeah i think that maybe that i was trying to understand why uh you know fushi was transforming and then how that was related to the boy the boy and i even thought that mm -hmm. 
of course, I thought that the boy would live more than one episode as well. But as we were, you know, towards the middle of the episode and moving on, it was pretty obvious that he wasn't going to make it. So I think maybe in the middle, I was preparing myself for that. But I also was curious about what was going to happen to our, our main character, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think, but otherwise, I do think like it, it was a really well told story for what it was. And in such a short amount of time, it's telling the story of this one person and and their first interaction as well and just him just you know talking to uh the dog the whole time uh made it really sad um but yeah agnes like what did you think do you i forgot you said you watched the first episode or you just read it i read the manga mm-hmm. this was before the series came out because i have a tendency to very much the curiosity kills the cat <laughs> especially when it comes to manga um so that's why i often know about a lot of titles before the animation comes out because i'll see like a one shot or I'll see like a couple chapters have been scanslated and i'll be like oh give this a shot this looks interesting and so i was reading it and i did actually tear up a bit because i do experience a lot of loneliness in my life you know growing up as a single child and then i spend a lot of my hobbies by myself and i don't have a lot of friends when i started out between like high school and college so I definitely felt that loneliness oh, that he felt being kind of like the last okay. one left kind yeah. of thing too. So not in a depressive light, but more so of like, oh, it's a little bit relatable sort of, at least in a, a very distant tangential way. Um, so that's why I teared up while I was reading the manga initially. And this is before like music and, you know, animation and, you know, um, cameras panning throughout the the whole episode so i think that's why i didn't actually watch the anime it was i was a little bit afraid that i would start oh God, crying no, i mean i was a mess and um and i didn't know anything either but i'm admittedly also one of those people who just accept what she gets told <laughs> yeah you just accept yeah, things exactly. as they are like, you're you're a weird blend of like you accept things as they are but then at one point like halfway through the series you start questioning it you're like wait this still doesn't make sense but for Isabel is like the complete opposite where it like it has to mostly like 80% has to make sense right. in the first episode. and so it's really funny because when he did the whole introduction it's like oh he was just a thing and then he became a rock and stuff I'd be like oh okay <laughs> I, was so, I took it I was like oh okay oh, that's fine <laughs> I have no problems with that <laughs> Gracie's incredibly simplistic <laughs> I like uh, you know, going back to the whole, like, I'm kind of similar to Tanjiro. Tanjiro does, does that thing, too, where he was just like, uh, where Inosuke's like, I'm going to eat this. He's like, oh, okay, do you want it? <laughs> so that's basically how I am. He's so dumb. <laughs> so, yes, that's why I, it didn't bother me at all. And I didn't wonder because, like, it's a thing that becomes a thing. And, and when it gets stimulated, it becomes a thing. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, I accept. <laughs> Let's just continue. So, um, okay. but yeah. <laughs> I wonder because I'm like, I'm like, the thing can't just become the thing. Is the thing going to yeah. be the boy? <laughs> Isabella, woman of science, is like, that thing cannot become a thing. It does not work. Like, evolution, matter transfer, <laughs> what? It does not work at all. It does not evolve into this Meanwhile, thing. Meanwhile, <laughs> uh, Grace is sitting there like, yes. <laughs> you know, like, yes. This, is, yes. this is what happens, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, uh, but yes, once again, uh, definitely there is a bit of a personal element in this in regards to the fact that I, um, I, being alone is probably one of my biggest fear. Actually, my biggest fear growing up as a kid was literally having no friends. Like, there was nothing more terrifying to me than that. And so, 
Um, and, and like, I wouldn't say that has really changed. It's more that I don't really, I'm not really scared of it anymore because I do know I have friends and I'll always, and I'll always have friends. But, um, but as a kid in the past, like just not having friends was something that just terrified me to the core. So, um, so that loneliness is like very personally hitting in regards to me. So yeah, so that's the first episode that I want to talk about. The second one, I'm kind of torn between the two because I do think they're both pretty hard hitting. Um, the first episode of ReZero I thought was done really well because I remember that one. When it ended, I dashed from my room to my roommate's room. This was back when I was still in college. So it was like, uh, so I lived with three other girls um, who, who are all actually all my super close friends still. And I, but one of them is more like aware of anime. And so I dashed to her room and I was going, and I was just knocking on her door and going, Aliza, Aliza, <laughs> you know, like that. And before she finally opened it, she was like, what is going on? And I basically just recapped the entire first episode to her because it just, drove me nuts and then uh so that one or I could talk about Wonder Egg Priorities premiere episode which I absolutely adored and was sucked in immediately oh that was a good one that was yes, a good premiere episode so, I agree I don't know which one would you two rather me talk about because I do find them pretty equal in regards to how I felt <laughs> I have no preference um, what about you Isabel I'm curious as to why you thought ReZero was a uh had a good first episode. Let's go okay. with that one. So ReZero okay. is so around that time, Isekai hadn't gotten to the point that it is now where people mock it for being an Isekai, but it has also gotten to the point where it was starting to get a little stale. Not too much, but um starting to get a little. I, I should actually look up exactly when ReZero first aired. One sec. Um I would say anywhere between 2013 and I was in college, so definitely one of those college years, yeah. Let's see. Um, actually, 16. Yeah. Oh, 16, so, never mind. 2016, later, but then. definitely I was still in college then. So, um, so yes, 2016 is when Isekai started to get a little stale, but it hasn't gotten to the point where it's become a joke to many people in the anime community. And I started off ReZero and... It was the beginning already did catch my attention because he didn't even die. Subaru was just literally going to um, going to a grocery store and uh, not grocery store, but a convenience convenience store. And right as he stepped out of the sliding doors, just bam, he was in another world. No, no truck, no nothing. He was just there. And what um, and so that immediately caught my eye because I'm like, what happened? Like, you can't, like, you know, I'm used to the whole reincarnation thing, but I'm like, this is literally out of nowhere. There's not even a portal. He just, like, stepped through a totally normal convenience store, and he was suddenly in another world. Um, but the second thing that really caught my attention is how, um, is how Subaru reacted to it. He was utterly overjoyed, like, ridiculously utterly and weirdly overjoyed that even other, like, isekai protagonists don't react that way. And that immediately gave me two signs. One is that whatever was going on in his personal life and like on earth was depressing in a way that is like so much more fleshed out than other protagonists, I feel like. Like that was the instant that I could just tell that there was something going on with his background. And I ended up being right because I think the second season went into what his life was genuinely like as a human 
And I think I talked about him in our mental health episode where we basically learned he ended up developing severe anxiety and depression in high school to the point where he just didn't have it in him to go to school anymore. So basically, I was like, okay, something's going on with him. But then I'm also like, you know, he's so weird that like he would instantly think this is it. This is his adventure and stuff like that. And then the first episode really turns it on its head because it started to get a little slow where it's like, oh, you know, he's exploring the world. He meets this cute girl and he helps her. And, you know, and then he meets this uh, and he says he'll go find the thing that was stolen from her. And it's like a meet cute setup. And, you know, he's the protagonist and stuff. But there is a level of self-awareness with Subaru where he expects himself to be the protagonist. I'm like, this is a little different from other isekai. But then it really dives into it because he when he ends up tracking down where the um, thief had gone, uh, what he sees there is just complete bloody murder. And then out of nowhere, he gets murdered. And so like he gets like straight up stabbed in the gut and like and literally like guts spilling out of his stomach. And I was just like, okay, that's not definitely not what I was expecting the first episode. So I expected, you know, someone else to come in and save him. And then that's where the story is going to end up starting the next episode. But instead, where it ended up going is he literally died. And suddenly he wakes up in the exact same spot as when he first entered that world. And that's what so it's, you know, it's a time loop kind of similar to what we're saying about erase where he's going back in time. But um, but just the fact that he genuinely dies and just ends up there again. And that's where the first episode ended. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I have so many questions. Who is the person that murdered him? You know, I have no. Did she murder those people because she's a murderer or did she murder those people because um, there's something there's something political going on? Because that's what it hinted at throughout the episode. And still, I don't know how and why he got into this world anyway. What is going on in his past? Like, why is he like this? And now what the heck is his power? There's like, does he just always loop back to the very, very beginning, like a video game? Or are there save points? And so all those questions came spilling out of me and just instantly got me hooked onto the series. So yeah, that's why I thought ReZero's first episode was just extraordinarily well done. And um, definitely still one of the guys I really enjoy watching. I enjoy the second episode still. And if there ever is a third episode, I would definitely watch. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know if you two have seen ReZero or not, because I know both of you two have gotten kind tired of Isekai. So um, let me know. <laughs> I think Isabel has seen ReZero, right? I, I've only seen part of it. Part of it. Well, at least you've seen more than me. I've seen zero of it. So <laughs> I've only seen screen caps. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I guess maybe because I watched it after, so I didn't watch it as ReZero was coming out, and so... Did you get spoiled? I'm kind <laughs> of in that... I also did get spoiled a ton, tons of spoilers, so I think that kind of took away from my experience because I kind of know what mm -hmm. happens. Uh, the fact that, you know, Subaru has to go through multiple deaths in the series, and that's how he, you know, goes back in time. And so I think I was expecting that already, so in terms of going into the first episode, it was a little bit different mm -hmm. for me. Um, but I do agree that it has a lot of questions, though, like that I didn't know, obviously, like, because I didn't know a lot of the characters, um, kind of like, you know, why, why did this happen? And then also, like, how is he involved in this world? Or how do how does anything work in the world? Like, he barely found out anything mm -hmm. before he was just basically thrown yeah. into this. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I can see why it was definitely like if it was like it's like that combination of like Steins Gate um, and like Isekai together, um, which you know I can see why a lot of people liked it, including you as well, uh, for our first episode. And yeah, I don't know what like uh, what you thought of kind of um, the introduction. Like, did you think it was a good amount of like people introduced in this in the start of the series as well, or um, did it change later on in the series? Like. The first episode of the first uh second season or something like that or was it more continuous um i thought it was a good amount of introduction i mean we meet amelia who we know is going to be important and then um and because i suck with names um i can't remember the thief girl but she uh fell i think so fell we meet fell as well and she was important and and there's a very good i really like how he meets reinhard because you meet reinhard and you know he is like like sort of this really powerful knight character who's like noble and stuff like that so i absolutely was mm-hmm. expecting the entire first episode when uh when subaru's life was in danger for reinhardt to jump in there and save everyone because at the beginning of these stories you know the protagonist always gets saved by a more powerful person before they become more powerful than that person and so so I was I was waiting the whole time for Reinhardt to jump in and save everyone. And it turns out Amelia is not actually dead and Fell's not actually dead and stuff like that. But instead he just never shows up. <laughs> and um and then they all die. And so that was so I thought that was a very clever twist because you meet him and you know he's like that hero character, that heroic character. So you so the author almost sets you up to just expect him to come in and lend the protagonist a hand, and he just doesn't. And so, um, and I really liked that as well. But I did think it was a, an appropriate amount of characters, especially important characters, because Reinhardt is important, as we find out later. And then um, Infel ends up being important as well. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a whole combination of things. But I really just don't really have any complaints about ReZero's first episode. Very nice. Okay. Alrighty then. So in that case, that wraps up our episode today in regards to our favorite anime premieres that we've seen. Let us know, you know, what other anime, um, you know, what other anime's first episode that has really struck you guys and, you know, impressed you all. You can share it with us on Twitter at GirlTaku underscore AT. Someone left a comment on one of our Spotify episodes asking if we have like a general sort of gmail to or email to uh email in regards to comments but we don't really do stuff like that we only receive messages usually via our um, dms from twitter so i'm really sorry about that uh but i appreciate you you asking that means a lot to us so um i hope everyone enjoyed this week's episode and we will be back next week with another fun topic bye everyone Bye. bye bye